We all get it. Postpartum and the years after having a baby is no walk in the park. But you know what? It isn't just about depression or anxiety either. Hey, my friend, I'm Miranda Bauer, homesteading mama with four wild kids, whose life passion and education is all about supporting mothers and providers and understanding the science, the art, and the sacredness of healing after birth. What we know as common sense in the postpartum years has many women feeling just plain awful. It's time to bring back the truth, get you the tools you need to heal, and thrive in motherhood and beyond. Welcome, my friends, to another podcast episode on the Postpartum Circle podcast. I'm Miranda Bauer. I'm your womb whisperer and postpartum bliss coach. And today's episode is about the effects of inflammation on the postpartum body. This is actually a clip from a mini training that I did uh, just recently from my postpartum nutrition certification program. So on top of the actual certification program, I provide ongoing trainings and support on important topics like this, as well as, you know, uh, creating a successful business, creating classes, marketing, and so much more. So once you're in the program, you are in for life, my friend, and we make sure to take very, very good care of you. But I strongly believe that even mamas need this information. It should not be just limited to providers and professionals. So no matter if you are a mom or a professional or both, this information is absolutely essential for you. And just note that you'll also hear me mention how the references and science for this will be in their training area. So if you are not part of the certification, just disregard. And if you want to explore being a part of this movement and get more trainings like this, you can go to www.mirandabauer.com slash certification, which the link will be in the show notes for you. The program is only open two times a year, and it's not going to be open again until October, but you can easily get on the wait list if you so desire. Enjoy. Okay, so this topic today is one that I am incredibly passionate about. It is a work of science that is continually growing at really fast rates here, and which I'm very excited for because what I'm going to be sharing with you about inflammation is very applicable, not just to postpartum, but to women and men and, and people everywhere. This is a massive conversation to be had especially when it comes to postpartum. So when I'm working with my clients, one of the biggest and most obvious issues I find is inflammation. Its role in their healing process over the last, you know, over the few months that we work together is significant. Inflammation is almost always the first warning sign as well as the continued and often increasing sign that something within the body isn't well. And inflammation is the cause of disease, dysfunction, and so many other critical body function mishaps, you know, both minute and ginormous. Let's talk about what inflammation is. Inflammation in itself isn't bad. Don't look at this as the creator of all problems, right? Just like depression and anxiety and hair loss, bloating, gut issues, those are symptoms, 
And inflammation is just that. It's a symptom. It's a warning sign. And we need this warning sign so that we can take corrective action. And if we are able to listen to our body, this warning sign usually appears in a very mild form before it comes it becomes bigger and bigger. And if we act soon, then we can fix it before there's any issues or just simply offer additional support, right? So this is this is simply a necessary biological response to defending the body against something it believes is harmful. And there are two types of inflammation. There's acute inflammation and chronic inflammation. So when you get sick, right, your body experiences inflammation. When you hit your knee on a chair and it bruises, right, or you cut your finger, that's acute inflammation. Your immune system sends white blood cells to attack intruders Uh, kind of protect the area. And that generally creates redness and swelling. And it's a normal reaction, right? Without this protective system in place, it actually can cause infection and even death. So we love acute inflammation. We love it that our bodies protect us and have the system in place in order to do so. Chronic inflammation however, is a different story. And this is when inflammation persists in the body over a longer period of time. And that can be toxic to your body. It's the leading cause of autoimmune disease where the body attacks itself. And it's one of the most studied areas in science right now as it pertains to gut health and mental health, which we are absolutely going to get into. But the antibodies and the white blood cells and the proteins are all sent in your defense and chronic inflammation. And when it lasts some time, your immune system and your nervous system becomes, you know, it's, it's in a heightened state of awareness and more energy is being given to this area within your body. So you're tired more, you require more nutrients, your adrenals need more support. And when it's not addressed, usually it leads to a wide range of issues, including asthma, autoimmune issues, heart disease, arthritis, cancer. Okay. So this is really big deal. The reason for chronic inflammation is vast. It could simply be an acute inflammation, like an injury or an infection that never had the chance to heal. It could be from environmental toxins and irritants, lifestyle choices like smoking and drinking and not sleeping. Right. There's even a lot of evidence about how trauma elicits inflammation within the body. This simply means that the body is living in a state of constant stress. And when the body is stressed, it's not getting the nutrients it needs. And when it's, you know, a a body who is under pressure, right, it's living in obesity. That in itself could cause a body to be stressed. All of these components can create this inflammation within the body. So in postpartum, We often see chronic inflammation in the form of constant gas and bloating and stomach issues, persistent headaches, aching joints, major hair loss, exhaustion, depression, and anxiety. And of course, the list is longer than that. Um, these These are the ones that I see more frequently. And those are directly related to how we care or how we don't care for a mother. A new mother's body is already in a state of healing with acute inflammation happening. And this is hopefully protecting her body from developing infections, 
uh, as her internal wounds heal and her organs return to, you know, the pre-pregnancy place and so much more. If she's experienced a cesarean or a traumatic birth, a birth with high intervention, her body is even more in a state of acute inflammation. And if she doesn't get the support that she needs, that acute state will become chronic. She'll be notified through the symptoms that I mentioned above. She's, you know, experiencing a wide range of issues. And it's important to say that it becomes far easier for a body to experience chronic inflammation in the months and years postpartum because of the birth experience, right? And, and that's easy to see when we look at, we look at other things that are similar in nature, right? It's easier to experience chronic inflammation after a knee surgery that didn't heal well, right? Or a car accident where someone didn't get the right healing support for the right length of time that the body needed. We mothers are in the same boat. And if we don't get the support and care necessary to heal, that acute inflammation will become something far more. Okay. Now let's, let's shift the conversation and talk about how inflammation relates to gut health. Leaky gut is a term that has been gaining popularity lately, right? If you've heard leaky gut, right? Raise your hand. And for great reasons, especially as it relates to its cause of inflammation in the body. In order to understand why this is, we've got to talk about some basic anatomy for a second. So your gut is lined with specific cells that help prevent harmful pathogens and chemicals and so on from entering into your body. It's part of your immune system. When there is danger it triggers acute inflammation that will then help eliminate the bad things that are entering in your body, right? What creates this gut lining, which is highly intelligent and facilitates in multiple roles, including transporting nutrients and so much more, right? It's a single layer of cells. They are called epithelial, and I'm going to say it wrong because they always do, um, epithelial cells. And this is what's referred to as your second brain. And what creates healthy cells is a healthy microbiome. When that microbiome is off, it creates a weak cell lining that opens the gates into your body. And we call that leaky gut. That's where food particles and bacteria and pathogens enter the bloodstream and trigger an inflammatory response in the body. Now, here's another link for you. LPS or lipopolysaccharides, okay, it's a big, massive name, and we call it LPS. It's a combo of lipid fats and sugars that surround most bacteria. It's also known as an endotoxin. It's, it's a safety layer that prevents, and it's a safety layer around bacteria that prevents the bacteria from being ingested or killed by stomach acids, okay? The gut contains 50 to 70% of bacteria that is layered in LPS. And LPS is never supposed to leave the gut. 
But when that gut lining is compromised, it allows the LPS to enter into the body and it's causing what is known as, and I'm quoting from scientific journals here, which I will include, you guys get all of the um, resources for this and your training area, is a quote, violent inflammatory response. This is being used in scientific experiments and lab rats to cause inflammation. It is the root cause of inflammatory bowel disease, diabetes, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, depression, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and even autism. Meaning that when scientists use LPS and inject rats with it, they will have one of these things. LPS is significant because it is what can cross the blood-brain barrier. And when it crosses the blood-brain barrier, then we are able to have it enter into the body and the brain. And this is the connection between inflammation in your gut and inflammation in your brain, which looks very, very differently than what it does in your gut, right? looks very differently um, when you get a cut and, and, and things like that. It shows up in your body, in your brain, very differently, okay? So I want to be clear that I'm only explaining this on a surface level. This conversation can become very deep very quickly. There is far more in terms of the gut ecology, the role of dairy and gluten in creating inflammation, how cytokines, the measurement of inflammation in the body, how that works, how your emotions sync with your GI tract, so many other components with this. And many of those things are still being studied and are newly studied, which is absolutely amazing. But this connection between the gut and inflammation is key on a multitude of levels. What one eats, how one eats, plays a significant role in overall gut health. So if someone is eating junk food, their digestive system will respond accordingly and the bacteria will respond accordingly and then leaky gut becomes more of a risk, right? And that causes LPS in the bloodstream and can lead to more inflammation within the body. And the same is true for someone who is eating well, but may have food sitting in their gut longer. And this is what we talk about in your training and postpartum, right? When you lack the digestive acids and the enzymes necessary to break down your foods, this is one of the biggest reasons why moms experience complications and inflammations. It's one of the most common reasons for leaky gut. Hard to digest foods that sit in the gut too long cause the quote unquote rotting effect. And this is what I use to describe foods that are, you know, building up bacteria. They are literally changing the microbiota within the intestines and making it more likely that one is going to experience leaky gut. So without proper gut health, one experiences a significant increased risk of experiencing chronic inflammation and the symptoms that that creates within the body especially in postpartum. So let's talk about how this can all impact mental health 
and the role of inflammation in the brain. And so this isn't actually a separate topic uh, from what we were talking about in regard to the gut. They are actually very interrelated here and understanding how inflammation is in the gut and how that happens is really critical for this next part of, of this training because without inflammation in the gut, most would not have inflammation in the brain. The relationship between these two are so strong that science is now investigating the use of immune medications and inflammation reducers to treat depression. Okay. So here is a really big word. And I dropped this on the podcast a a couple of uh, episodes ago, and it's psychoneuroimmunology. And it's a very fast growing science that really shows us how interconnected our body systems are within one another, particularly the relationship between inflammation and the gut microbiome and mental health. And multiple studies, it has found that inflammation measured within the body directly related to a diagnosis of depression. So even more, and and this is key, y'all, this is absolutely key. Not only is it directly related, inflammation is also predictive of depression. Okay, here's the big key. Meaning that if you don't have depression and you feel inflammation, if you have some sort of chronic inflammation in your body, we know that you will likely develop depressive symptoms in the future. Meaning inflammation is a cause of depression, a trigger. It's not the other way around, right? And to further this, science has also found that white blood cells can turn on pro-inflammatory genes, which trigger inflammation within the bloodstream, which leads to a host of other processes. That's when enzyme production, not not digestive enzymes here, other enzymes within the body, um, that stimulates anxiety and agitation, cortisol resistance happen, and cortisol helps lower inflammation in the body, right? And it's essentially keeping the body in this inflamed state. And this isn't really new, although science is just catching up on this. People have been saying this for years. This is the part where we have, we, we know that, that there's a connection between inflammation and depression. But what we once thought was that if you're chronically ill and you're, of course, you're suffering from depression, the pain, the challenges that come with a body and dysregulation is huge. And we need to see how that can easily lead to depression. We see that, right? Especially in moms especially when one is raising children on top of not feeling well, the energy that's required, the stress of not meeting your own expectations, let alone the expectations of the world around you, having to do everything yourself, carrying this silent yet really obvious burden, right? That's just, that's depressive just to speak about, right? And that is what we once thought of as the reason why we were experiencing depression when we had inflammation. But now we see, now we know that when there is inflammation, it is predictive. It is a, it is causing depression within the brain. Okay. And it's, and it's really no wonder when we look at this, why, you know, the statistics of postpartum depression are so high. It's also no wonder why seeing therapy or counseling only seems to be doing so much for women in postpartum, 
yes, many women will feel better with that support. We need that support. It's an important uh, you know, tool in our toolbox. But there is another side of this that isn't being addressed for many, many people. And, and it explains why some will find therapy and counseling not to fit all of their needs. We need a more whole body approach to wellness and healing. And that's why we're doing this work. I also want to talk about the effect of inflammation on an infant and baby. And you guys have this in your training as well. And we, we talk about this, but we don't get deep into the conversation. When a mother has com, uh, chronic inflammation in her pregnancy, we know from data her inflammation will also show up in her infant's brain development. It will also impact her infant's brain development. The fetal heart rate and nervous system of a baby is also impacted. And that, um, you know, the, the effects of that long-term is still being studied. It's not fully understood. This is new science. This is probably one of the most difficult things to digest and no pun intended here because it breaks the myth that your baby will not be harmed by one stress or inflammation. We also know that postpartum depression actually increases pro-inflammatory markers in infants, meaning that those with uh, depression are likely to cause inflammation in their children, whether you're breastfeeding or not. And this is one of the reasons why uh, childhood ADHD and sensory processing disorders have been linked to maternal depression. And I know this very well. I have experienced it myself and, and with my own children. It's, it touch, this touches very deeply to me on a personal level. However, however, the direct relationship between this is still, be, is still very much unknown. Um, one may say that a mother and child are so you know, intrinsically connected but we don't actually have the evidence yet to show this connection. Many studies um, and many of the studies that I am sharing with you here um, will actually say, like it actually says, quoting that this is, you know, quote unquote, mysterious. And there's no theories that could potentially describe this connection. Right. And and of course, this needs to be studied more. Right. So think about think about the effects this has on communities on our medical system at large, when our mothers are not getting their needs met, when they aren't eating foods that support healing and only create further inflammation, that is not only creating ill effects to the mother, where she's, you know, she's likely to experience depression, autoimmune disease, which significantly increases your risk of cancer and lowers your life expectancy overall whether you get cancer or not from your autoimmune issue, right? When our mothers aren't well, they aren't able to contribute to society as they want to. They are out of work, sick more, their healthcare costs are more, and they simply struggle more. And on top of that, they raise children who experience a post of healthcare concerns because of their own lack of care and support. Children's gut microbiomes are off. Their brains develop differently. They're more likely to experience ADHD, sensory processing disorders, food allergies, obesity, asthma, and so much more. I have often said, you guys have heard me say this over and over, that caring for the mother is not just about her. 
it's also impacting our children and their children and their children. This is a generational concern. And if we are going to do anything about this problem, if we hope to change the overall health of our world, we must begin with its mothers. We must care for her. We start this process by educating women, by sharing with them this information, by deeply supporting them and both what they need and what they want. You start with food, nutrition, gut health. That is the basis to one's overall health and well-being. And you know the physiological shifts of a postpartum mother and how to support her in deep healing during the sensitive time. So what's your opinion on the role of carbs causing inflammation? So this is twofold. I actually think that carbs, and based on what I have studied, are actually very beneficial for the body, okay? It's the empty carbs that we really want to be concerned with. And those empty carbs are, are, they contain no nutrient values whatsoever, I strongly feel that a lot of times when we are looking at like things like paleo um, diets and those carb-free diets, the reason why that feels so good for the body is because we have eliminated so many of the not so good things that we continually consume on a regular basis. But the body needs carbs. The body loves carbs. It will it will turn proteins and things into not necessarily carbs, but energy in a form that's very usable, right? It takes a long time to break down kind of proteins and and get what we need from from the protein itself. Carbs are an easy go-to quick source, but if we're constantly eating them and it's the basis of our diet in the US, we we rely on carbs to fit most of our, our food, right? When you look at the nutrition pyramid, which is a big fat joke, right? Majority of our foods are supposed to be coming from carbohydrates and that's not okay, right? That's not, that's not healthy in the least bit, but consuming them are, is not going to cause inflammation unless we're consuming the empty carbs like potato chips and, and things like that, that are not serving us on a nutritionally healthy level. I hope this was helpful for you and helpful and like painting a picture of inflammation in the body, because this is, this is something that comes up often, especially in our training. I get a lot of questions about inflammation, and this is a really great starting conversation to be had about all of the things related. And as you can tell, this is a conversation that can get deep very quickly. There's so many different avenues that we can take this conversation and so many different places that we can dive into, right? And, and it's speaking directly to like why women are experiencing depression and anxiety and how food is so supportive of this. Now you have your another direct link, right? I've made several links to you of why nutrients help so significantly. And now you have another piece to this, right? That only further supports that this work that we're doing is helping get rid of postpartum depression and anxiety. Okay. If you have any other questions that come up for me, let me know. Thank you all. Thanks for tuning in and taking the time to learn about how to support your body in deep healing. 
We don't do this work just for us or for you. Your healing impacts your children, your relationships, and your community. We do this work because the health and vibrancy of our world begins with its mothers. I hope you have taken some valuable information today and applied it to your own life. If you aren't sure where to begin, reach out about working together one-on-one or at minimum learning about my postpartum nutrition plan, which is where I start every single one of my clients. And you can do that by going to mirandabauer.com. Hope you enjoy this episode. Let us know by leaving a review and we will see you next time.